The Word Thief. 5. The watchmaker switched off. The cameras winked and rippled before her. And as quickly as they had been conjured virtually, they vanished, and she was left alone. She unplugged herself from her devices, pulse, brain, and heart, and closed the implant lids and rolled herself to the window. She pulled back the electronic curtains, still glowing, a residue from the broadcast. Outside, all was still, silent like an echo of how she remembered outside from one of her chosen childhoods to be. But most people never went out now, preferring instead the images of the worlds created for them. She sighed. It was hard to resist the multiple views of millions of choices, the time it took to create her own, to craft it, maintaining her constantly shifting image that was fed by the demands of others, their fashions, their tastes and desires, and of course sponsorship, the payment she took to afford her to live. She sighed again. Live? She wondered out loud. And what really does that mean? And which life should I choose, if any, outside of this one? Immediately, the answers came in scrolls and images before her, ruffled and distorted as the broadcasting curtain was crumpled and distorted, still fading in her hands. She pulled harder and harder. Some kind of frustration was growing inside her, and suddenly the plastic fabrics, woven together from millions of tiny eyes and lenses, all connected by nano-threads and weavings, shattered in a billion pieces onto the floor around her. She looked in horror, aghast at what she had done, and then outwards through the virtual crystal window, into the canyons and blocks of mountains, she saw that they stretched like teeth under a dark and threatening sky. It was only early evening, she noticed, but everything looked black, darker somehow, as if the shadows had multiplied in a thickening of intensity that seemed to make the millions of blinking lights in the gathering clouds look like a swarm of frozen fireflies caught in a geometrical web of threat. She saw as if it was for the first time. Each window was like a cage of light and loneliness, full of meaning, full of relevancy, and connected, connected, connected. She stopped. She paused. She thought again. Oh yes, connected, she again said out loud. And this time there were no answers forthcoming, her virtual world having collapsed with her own hands. My hands, mine, she thought with both fear and freedom as she pressed them against the glass. But really, like isolated stars, they were unconnected to the constellations of reality that held them together. And again, she thought, constellations, 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 reality, and that is what supports us, sustains us, keeps us here in this place. She looked out again into the growing blackness, the creeping of inevitable darkness and the fall of night. Something was coming. She felt it rather than saw it and no one was looking, and for the second time that late afternoon she felt an intense pang of loneliness and the real visceral sense of primitive fear. She opened her eyes that she had clenched against her thoughts. Strange, she said out loud again, as if talking to her billions of followers. 
strange. I, I feel I'm being watched, not admired, not dreamed of, not desired, simply being watched. What, 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 what is this? She looked out again across the vastness before her and watched the unfamiliar scene vanish into the quiet, velvet creep of blue blackness that was making her forget her own vanishing world. And below, below her, the bagman pushed himself further, swallowing the lights, the buildings. He had become something other than he had had been. As large as a large city, as dense as midnight, as powerful as forgetfulness, he stripped the world of words, meaning and intent. And he became more of himself, a great blanket of nothingness that stretched in blindness to the horizon of the sky.